and trying to mirror the blood circulation, I think that's fantastic because and then you can, I wouldn't say skip, but in normal cases you actually go through lots of phases in lab and you have to go to animal tests and then you move into a phase where you actually look into humans and human blood. And then we can take human bloods already prior to those steps, it's even better. Welcome to this episode of Speed of Life. This is a podcast series focusing on innovations accelerating towards better health. My name is Björn and I am co-hosting this episode together with my colleague Diana. A very warm welcome to you. Let's jump into this episode. Hello to all the listeners of this episode and a warm welcome to our two guests today from Immunid. We have Sara Mangsbo and Camilla, Camilla Olgren with us. Uh, would you please introduce yourselves? Of course, so mm. I can start. So as you said, my name is Camilla Olgren and I'm the CEO at Immunid. And I have a background as a pharmacist along with an MBA. Now I've been working more than 25 years in the pharmaceutical industry, so... You can consider me one of the oldest mm. in that branch if you want to. Uh, and my work has been mainly in the commercial field. Um, so joining now Immunid as a CR company, it's a very, very interesting and exciting journey for me. A slightly different way of thinking, but I think that I can take advantage of what I have learned during the years. Mm, definitely. Yes, um, I'm Sara Mangsbo. I am the co-founder of Immunid and uh, I have worked in the field of immunology for a very long time and then sort of around 2012 I was in the academia for about maybe six years doing a PhD and then doing a postdoc and then wanted to know more about the industry so I stepped into this um, mentor for research program and tried to get more networking done outside academia and then I also learned about you know starting up a company and so forth so I founded Immuni together with Erika Fletcher and Thomas Sötterman and Erika still works with Immuni mm. uh, so uh, that was a, a, a journey uh, where I got to learn uh, and meet a lot of people and uh, currently I am senior lecturer at Uppsala University uh, and I'm also chief innovation officer at uh, drug development company Ulpenwax. But I'm also trying to stay involved in Immunid uh, and uh, it's fun to follow the journey. That's great. Uh, Camilla, would you tell us a little bit more what you did before you came to Immunid? Absolutely. So uh, just previously Immunid, I was working in a Japanese pharmaceutical company for 11 years and I actually built that company up then on the Nordic and Baltic basis and that was very interesting because then you need to try to understand first of all how we should prepare for a product launch or or launches Mm. in different uh, therapeutic areas but also how to build a very interactive organization cross countries which might be a, a challenge of course then but it's also very fruitful because then you can bring in different kind of knowledges in in that in that process and journey so um, and um, it was a very fruitful job so um, and challenged the whole team Mm. but very very nice for us all actually sounds good and why are you doing this Uh, what motivates you in your role as a CEO 
Well, for this position in Yemenid, I was approached, um, largely because of my history then as an entrepreneurship and my experience in building businesses. And the combination, as I said, I mean, I'm a pharmacist, but also have the MBA. I think that combination of a scientific and business knowledge has also enriched me and had a very good understanding of the whole process and what now can be used in Imini and Imini's journey. And you also need to face that having that kind of skills and understanding, you confront different partners. It could be the customer, the pharmaceutical industry, or it could be academia, or it could be patient organization at the end of the day, or actually the organization itself. So you need to have different kinds of skills. And I think it the, those 25 years has actually enriched me to see what is it that I can now actually then apply in need. What is it that we need now in this journey? Mm. And it's different kinds of pieces in a jigsaw, actually. I guess uh, it sounds very, very simplistic to say that you introduce something to the Nordics and the Baltics, but it's still, you know, what is it? Seven, eight different countries and very different environments. It is. I guess you learn a lot from that, which could be beneficial for uh, Immunid. Yeah, because I think that in Immunid, you can actually then try to take that and see we have different markets mm. that we need to enter. And you need to understand the how to approach the customer. Mm. You really need to have a knowledge. Who are they? What kind of tradition do they have in science or how they approach um, partners? And it's, it's a lot of things that you actually can gain by just knowing what market you are in. So you're absolutely right. It takes more than one thought to do that. Uh, Sarah, you told us you're not uh, so active in Immuni today. Um, what made you choose that path and not So I uh, had the opportunity to try the role first as CEO and then later as CSO, hmm. so Chief Scientific Officer. And um, I think it, it takes a lot to be CEO. Uh, so <laughs> it does. Uh, I think it's a challenging job and it's also somewhere where you sort of sit in the front line and and you never maybe feel that you're enough as a person or um, you try to sort of make both the operational work and the strategic work mm. go ahead. And, um, and I think that that sort of challenge was um, was also a way for me to learn what I want to do, right? Uh, what I am good at. And I think I'm good at um, trying to sort of initiate uh, a business opportunity and try to also build teams and networks and so forth. But I'm not the CEO of a business. And I also think it drains me from doing what I can contribute with. Um, so I just think that it's not me. Mm. <laughs> Um, but I also, uh, and, and that was a, a true learning that there was a, a big uh, sort of expectation of me becoming that CEO in the beginning. Uh, but also people sort of uh, having my back saying that that's perhaps not the wisest thing, Sarah. Because if you take that step, then you lose your academic platform. Mm -hmm. And that is maybe the thing that will give you opportunities ahead. And I'm so grateful for those advices today because that platform is very important, I think, for Immunid also, mm -hmm. in Absolutely. a sense. Yeah. 
Um, so I am there for Immunid, uh, but I also think that there is a bigger team there and it's not about me. The business is not about me at any place. It's just a way for me to see that it's more, the academic is more than a publication, right? The academic is really trying to make an impact for a patient or for someone else, someone else's business, like we do in Immunid, we try to make an impact where we can change uh, the way we actually see immunotoxicity before it happens. So I think that impact is important for me and not just like what I do uh, actually operationally. Mm. I think that's super insightful uh, to first realize it <laughs> on behalf, but also, you know, because many people come from academia, they become entrepreneurs, they try to, to balance these two different environments. Uh, and, and I guess, what, what are your main learnings from this balance between still having the academic platform and still being kind of, you know, active in the um, entrepreneurship? I think the learnings for me, for me as a person is that there's so much competence in the industry. And of course, in academia, but that is sort of, mm. we know that. But the, the competence in the industry I think that we need to know that in academia, that that type of competence is, is great and the interaction of that will benefit us mm. more if we understand that. Uh, and uh, I think yeah, sort of the learnings uh, from the journey having always sort of balancing the two roles is that uh, there will be expectations on me and I will have to live with that and I will have to sort of uh, learn how to tackle the expectations so that I will never please everyone. Uh, and that's impossible, but I will learn how to communicate so people understand that I cannot please everyone, mm -hmm. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. I think it's similar to being CEO. Also. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's quite a challenging position. But I think yeah. that's quite interesting what you say, Sarah, because I think also when, when you scale a company, you also need to realize that you need different talents along the way. So I think that you were excellent in the start, but it's very humble of you to say that probably it's better that you leave that position to someone else because now we are in a different position that we need to do and think differently in the company. And I think that we also, from people from the industry like I am, try to gain the knowledge from the academia. So I think a, a mixture is yeah. the best, actually, because, I mean, the pharmaceutical industry is rather conservative as well. And so we just need to challenge that status quo and, and try to build a, a good mixture between industry and academia in the company. Yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And Camilla, you've been the CEO for a year now. That's correct. Almost exactly. Exactly. Uh, yes. Uh, what has happened uh, in Immunid uh, during this year? Well, we have actually been blessed, if you can say that, uh, during the pandemic because we haven't lost any customer. Uh, on the contrary, we have gained a lot of, of customer, which is very, very nice. And we spent the last year just sitting down to say, OK, what are we going to do? We just need to focus on what is it actually, what, what is our core business? Uh, focus on how should we penetrate different markets and try to prioritize the different markets because you can't enter them at the same time. Just need to say where 
are the trends in the science? Should we go for them, these countries first? Absolutely. And then also try to see for all the processes in the, com in, in the company, the sales process. How can we do the interaction with the customers differently? How do we need to be prepared? Because you need to be prepared. And we just need to take lead in different kinds of discussion. And that has changed. So, so I must say that Imanid is quite different than compared to when I started last year. Everyone now un understands that we need to drive a business, we need to finalize agreement, we need to move, but at the same time, we just need to follow the markets and the trends going on, because otherwise we will just be one in line. We just need to be in the front, and that's what I want. I want to be in the front of everything. And how has your experience contributed to the development? Uh, could you give us some examples of what you do um, to make that happen? I think that what I do is that I give trust and responsibility to people, but you need to guide people. As you said, you need to do everything in this position, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Then. But I think that if you are more transparent and, and that the organization really know what we are going to do, it's easier. And then when I can guide them, I guide them, and I try to understand what we are doing. And that has been a challenge because, I mean, being a commercial person going into more <laughs> scientific preclinical <laughs> role, mm. I also said to myself, I, I just need to have a certain limit where I stop myself and understanding exactly what we are doing. <laughs> so I will never ever take over a customer conversation because I don't have that kind of deep level of knowledge. But I think that's actually, if I listen to what people say, I can try to guide them and make a decision. Mm. So that's what I'm doing. If that's an answer to your question. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and Sarah, would you tell us the story behind Amy Need? Yeah, so, I mean, what, what I did during my PhD career was to try to look at how small, I mean, it's, it's a bit funny, oligonucleotides, you know, this is like the basis now of mRNA vaccines and the impact we have now but we work with small pieces of them and we try to sort of understand how do they actually activate our immune system right and there are different types of uh, these small molecules that can trigger a small immune activation which is part of why the mRNA vaccines work so well um, and then <clears throat> there was this system that was used in the department which was used to sort of try to understand how different cells uh, in the immune system reacted to other cells that came from other organs. Um, and this system um, was not used to study how a drug sort of interacts with blood, right? But uh, me and my um, boss and Thomas, we were kind of intrigued what happens if we actually look at immunotherapeutics because the normal way we look at how immunotherapies interact with different types of components in our immune system is to is to actually sort of try each component by itself mm. so we extract one part of the blood you know all the time and that is not very constructive because you don't get the whole system you don't get the whole biology from it uh, so then we thought, why not take this system and, you know, make it into another type of system where we actually look at what happens exactly the moment that the drug meets the blood when it's not manipulated. 
And uh, we saw that, you know, we could do this. We had a publication around it, but we also noticed that there was like an interest from the industry also in the system. So they wanted to sort of pursue academic investigations using the system. And, uh, and I think you can do that to some extent in academia. Uh, you, you can have those collaborations, but you can never do it in a, in a fashion where you actually produce material and, and data which is used for you know, justifying going to a clinical trial. You, then you have to have a really professional organization and a company behind it that only sets sort of the quality parameters for that assay and builds you know, like Immunin have now team around it that knows that product. So we realized that we needed to have a company around that. And that's how Immunid was born. But it was also because I had Jörgen Lundgren as a mentor then in this mentor for research, who also sort of, you know, took me through that barrier of daring to start a company. Um, and uh, actually in relation to Stunts then that I also received this grant from Uppsala Bio, which um, was a history of Stunts. Uh, exactly. And that, that grant uh, made it possible to start the company initially. So it's, it's uh, yeah. also a thank you to, to Stunts. Mm -hmm. We welcome. were not fishing for that. <laughs> <laughs> you were not. <laughs> I give you that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and would you tell us the story behind the name Immunid? I mean, we, uh, I don't remember the names we discussed at that point, but, you know, it's a mix of, of that we wanted something which, which uh, sort of um, played into that we need to gain more immunological knowledge uh, about drugs uh, and also uh, names that weren't occupied <laughs> <laughs> to be fair that's also that's part common, of it yeah. Yeah. Sure. Mm. Uh, so and and uh, yeah I I like it uh, I'm not sure Camilla likes it <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's a name of course that uh, is sort of key to my heart but uh, yeah that's mm. how it a name is a name, and I think the most important thing is that you work with the branding so, yeah. and, and what's behind the name, so of course then, so, yeah. so we, we are fine. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear. It's yeah. not that often that companies actually change name if they're not, you know, merged with someone else. Yeah, um, yeah I've been doing that twice, but I think yeah. it's also, I mean, in the beginning, I think it's also um, when we weren't that uh, known in, in the market, it's, it's more like the expectation was more that we had a a product, a, a drug or a vaccine, or they thought that or we were going to do something about the immune therapy. Mm -hmm. So I think that's probably why we are a little bit, you know, hesitate about name. Yeah, and, and also, I mean, to be fair, there was uh, a vaccine development project exactly. in the company okay. from start, you know, yeah. so. Yeah. Mm. But I think that now working with the customers and, and building the story behind, I think that's absolutely we are fine. <laughs> no, we will not change it, Sarah. <laughs> no. Okay, we have it on tape. <laughs> and uh, you told us a bit about what you're doing, but would you would you give us our listeners the, the a short story uh, about what you do uh, to someone who is not familiar with the industry, you don't doesn't understand uh, all the technique behind it? Do you want me Take. to? Sure. Take, no yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so, 
like I said, normally you take small pieces, right, out of the body, like the serum from the blood, the sort of liquid part or the cell part of the blood. But what we do is that the blood which is in circulation, we just put that blood in circulation outside the body. Human blood um, from kind blood donors that uh, agreed to donate blood. And then we put the drug in that blood. And like you know, when you put something outside the body, which is blood, it mm. normally just clots, right? So there is this unique system that keeps it flowing so that you can study all interactions, both with the cells and what you call these cascade systems that make the blood clot, that we can look at that as well. And normally when you actually have a biological drug, like we call antibodies, for example, then there can be interactions with both the cells and the the other proteins or cascade systems in the blood. And you need to study that to understand both how the drug works, but also if the drug is safe. Mm. And uh, the major part of at least the work that I initiated was about the drug safety. But I mean, the business has expanded. So there's a lot of different types of packages now that Immuni delivers. And, and I can add on then that the insight that we can provide to the customer is that you can have a very early indication of the drug-blood interaction. Because, I mean, as you know, the, the drug development is a very long process. And even longer is actually the process when you can actually launch a product to the market. And it can take an average between 8 to 12 years. So the sooner you can have crucial information as the company who is actually taking the, the drug candidate to the market, the better, because then you can modify the, the, the substance in the way that you want. It could be that, you know, preventing, as you said, Sarah, uh, side effects or have a better efficacy of the drug. So if we can provide an early information to the customer, the better, actually, because then you can save time, but resources and, of course, then money. So... And trying to mirror the blood circulation, I think that's fantastic mm. because and then you can, I wouldn't say skip, but uh, in normal cases, you actually go through lots of phases in lab and you have to go to animal tests. And then you move into a phase where you actually look into humans and human blood. And then we can take human bloods already prior to those mm. steps. It's even better. Definitely. Yeah, because the animal studies also have huge limitations when it comes to these types of antibody-based dr drugs. So we learn a lot more by also complementing uh, the these systems with true human systems. Mm. And who is the typical customer then? The typical customer is more like a mid-size uh, company uh, who has more than a couple of drugs in the pipeline. Even if you have a broad spectrum of customer, actually, it could be the big pharmaceutical companies to the small, small companies. Mm. Uh, but the ideal profile is actually those who actually have a lot. We call them molecule factory uh, companies. They actually produce molecules that they then later on probably sell out to the big guys in the pharmaceutical industry. And then we can help them with those, those assays and outcomes. Uh, so what is your offer to a customer? Well, the offer is that we can then um, tailor a study design for the customer where we can predict data early by using the platform that we have. And we put human fresh blood in that platform. And then we can combine that with our knowledge in immunology and have a total package to the customer. Sounds great.
And it's very unique, the platform mm. that we have. And, and we are the only company so far, knock on wood, okay. mm. uh, having this uh, unique setup, which is fantastic. So there are no similar offerings from other entrepreneurs no. or companies? No, not according no, to our knowledge. I haven't seen anyone actually offering this type of system with all the components available in the system to screen for immunotoxicity and efficacy. Yeah. Sarah, uh, you've been around uh, now for seven years and a lot of things has happened during these years. Uh, you told us a bit already about it. Um, are there any learnings um, that you could share with us? I mean, uh, several companies has developed through this research. You've been along uh, and doing a lot of things. What can you yeah, so do you mean learnings for the companies or yeah. for other entrepreneurs? For other entrepreneurs uh, doing the same thing or wanting to do the same thing. Yeah, um, so I think that, I think you can feel a pressure in the beginning that everyone expects that you should be this person that can handle everything and know everything and sort of, you know the, you know the idea and the innovation, right? Uh, but you might feel incapable of knowing the business part mm. of it. And then I think that you need to directly realize that that's okay. It's okay to not know that part. And the way you tackle that is to surround yourself with people that know it and learn from them. So don't think about yourself as the guru who will solve it all. Think of yourself as the person that creates a network around you that solves this and the team around you. Mm. And then I think... The other learning uh, is to listen to the customer or the one that you feel is sort of in need of your innovation, right? Because we always get drilled in making these pitches, right? And, you know, state of the art, you know, trying to explain your science and your innovation in brief. And then you, I think the risk in that push is that you get stuck in an idea of what your innovation is. And it can become so... Uh, so science fiction in a way that it's not reachable and it's not what you you work so much with market access it's not possible to even mm. you know make it available for for uh, you know healthcare or uh, patient or in this case pharma mm. because because it's not something that they may not they may not want it even and I think you always ha have to listen to the customer and realize what is the true potential of this innovation. And for me, it, it has been an idea, but I've also learned so much from the customer to actually realize what the need is and how you tailor it. And mm. I think we need to understand that, that we are not in the academia understanding that from start. I can actually echo on that one because I think it's also something that you need to implement in the daily business. Yes. Because, I mean, everyone in the business knows it by heart. I mean, you know exactly what kind of services and, and what you want to offer to the customer. But how should the customer know if you don't have the opportunity to have this discussion? So you just need to be smart and present it in a good way, but also be humble to get the feedback to say, okay, what is it that we can change and how can we improve? The classic frustration, I think, you know, creating the need, 
you know the obvious benefits of it exactly but to get someone else especially in healthcare to understand that they yeah. also need to add this to, yeah. to their toolbox yeah. and often the customer they don't need they don't understand the need no. initially so because they just need to understand that in the long run that mm, we need that need and yeah. if you can have that that could, you know, fruitful discussion then then you have him in need <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah uh, something that's becoming very important to new employees, for example, is a company's culture and vision and and uh, values. Is that something that you work actively with or and why and how in that case? Absolutely, because I think it's important that the whole organization knows where we are heading. Um, it's quite challenging in the beginning if you are in a startup company because then you need to find out where you're heading mm. and with what and with whom, of mm. course. But once that has settled and you have a more stable f- uh, platform, a foundation to stand on, it's important that you put some visions on and for Immunidis is to be the preferred party in the drug development because we have this unique uh, platform that we can offer. And if everyone understands that, and at the end of the day, it's a business that we are, are driving here, I think that's a vision. So the vision is to be uh, the preferred partner, but also the culture is that everyone counts. Mm. That's so important in the company, because I truly believe that, that people are the b- most important asset in the company. Some, sometimes like empty words, but it's not. I think it's very important that you have the trust and the commitment from the team, and then you can have fantastic results. I think it comes back to the reflection that you had, Sara, about understanding that you don't have the, all the answers by yourself, and no. you need others. Yeah. But it might be quite difficult also to understand what competences do I need yeah. to, mm. to yeah. add mm. to the company. And how, how can you attract them? Because maybe yeah. they're not in Uppsala, or maybe they're not in Sweden. Mm. Mm. True, definitely. And what do you think attracts people to work at Immunity? I think it is uh, also that Camilla is in the company right now and having this vision of actually being a global player uh, and also making the trust in the people that are there now. Mm. They are staying and the business is growing and I think that is part of the success. Camilla, where do you see yourself in five years? What have you achieved by then with Immunid? I'm still in Immunid, and then we actually have become the the, the Sweden-based global company. So I really believe that that we can be Sweden-based, and and we should grow the business. Will Big Pharma be one of your customers in the future? They are already, mm. um, so absolutely. But I think it's more a matter of market penetration in different markets and, of course, and in the U.S. and just grabbing each market time, step by step. Mm-hmm. That's what, that was my next question. How are you going to get there? <laughs> 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 well, now, since we are growing so fast, it's important that, that we actually do things now and, and don't hesitate, even if I actually had the blessing that I can spend one year to try to see what's needed for the company and what is it that we need to do. Uh, We need to invest now. We need to invest in in people. We need to invest in uh, automation. We need to invest in different tools that we really need if we should be the preferred partner. Um, And that's actually going to happen now. And out of curiosity, which markets are you aiming for? 
Uh, now Europe, uh, even we actually have uh, US customers already, mm. but I think a market penetration in Europe uh, is the best for the time being. So we have this stable company for this year and next year. Mm. But I think it's very important to have a US plan as well. And we need to start that now. Mm. Uh, thank you. Uh, and as you know, Estons is part of the innovation uh, system. Um, and we believe that there are opportunities in being part of strong clusters and ecosystems. And we are always interested in how, how we could help making it even stronger and a stronger um, and better. Uh, and you told me a little bit uh, already about your planning to invest in uh, in competence in different ways uh, in the nearest years. Uh, do you see an advantage uh, of being in Uppsala? Below those uh, plans? Yeah, I mean, uh, this is actually the first time that I'm working in Uppsala. Mm. I live here, but I'm, I'm blessed to work here as well now. And, and I can see that we have a huge potential in Uppsala. There is lots of competence that we can grab on to and but also the interaction between academia and the businesses so yes i can see that we can actually recruit people from Uppsala. Mm -hmm. yeah i i think that the history of sweden and Uppsala as sort of a hub for innovation and uh, pharma development i think that's so intriguing sort of and i think it's inspiring and therefore Uppsala have all the opportunities but i think we need to strengthen both the way we look at sort of um, recruiting people and and making us competitive in not just perhaps small molecule development but also uh, biologics um, in general and i think we need to strengthen the way um, we create space for these companies to grow um, but uh, I, I definitely think that Immunid has sort of the power to become global uh, in Uppsala. Fully mm -hmm. agree. And do you think you, can get, you could get even better advantages of having your business here? No, I, I think that, as I said, and, and Sarah also uh, said, uh, that there, the knowledge is here. We just need to see how we can be even better to find those people, but also to promote Uppsala, I think, from an international perspective, because I think it's so important that we do that and we can take the lead. And actually, because, I mean, the network here, me being an outsider in one way, then from, from a work aspect, is that I can see that there is a tendency that we really work together in Uppsala compared to other cities. So why don't we just grab that momentum and, and bring it on further and do more promotion and have, have the flashlight on Uppsala because I think it's needed. Uh, another benefit of, of being um, based in Uppsala, I think, is the close collaboration with the authorities. And I can truly see a trend from all authorities, actually, that there is a huge ch change when it comes to collaboration with different partners. There is an openness that was actually not going to... Well, there was an openness compared to t 10 years ago. Mm. And I think there is a willingness to try to invest in research, but also bringing products and drugs to the market uh, more uh, in an efficient way, but also in a faster way. So I think that's also a benefit that when we have Lekemes Verket here very closely. Mm. Mm. Yeah, societal need, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And do you see a way that you could support others? 
yeah, I mean, you can always give back, I think, and also support others. I mean, I'm part of a mentor program where I try to be the mentor that I got the opportunity to have. Um, and I think uh, we all consider each other in the ecosystem uh, because I think we're not competitors in Sweden. We just no. try to help each other with the businesses. So it's it that's a constant work we do mm. and that you are part of and driving with these uh, activities as well mm. no no absolutely so I'm, I'm very open to help others and I'm here you know where to find me <laughs> so and I also have some some mentor programs where I act as a mentor so I think that's also positive but implement that in Uppsala also could be very good mm. I think uh, I think you have a very interesting innovation and, and it adds a lot, as you say. I see a, a few things. First, as the opportunities for maybe more entrepreneurs to use your product and services to actually speed up the process of finding new, maybe precision medicine tools in the future. And, and I also really like that you actually are more true in your way of mimicking uh, our physiology, so to say, or blood in this case. And I think that's very beneficial, especially in the long term for trust in the business that we're actually part of. So I'm really looking forward to follow your journey. And thank you for being here today. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. This podcast series is developed and produced by Stunts Life Science. Stunts is a foundation creating sustainable growth through private-public collaborations. Thank you for listening and for more information about this podcast and as well as about Stunts, please visit our website lifescience.stunts.se and follow us on LinkedIn where you will find us under our name.